0: Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Hey, gang, I want to say something to the audience before I welcome a special guest, and it is this. This conversation requires your complete attention. Because it's a complicated story, but I maintain you will be ritually rewarded. There is a huge payoff if you stay focused. Jack Goldsmith has just published a book. It's called In Hoffa's Shadow, A Stepfather, A Disappearance in Detroit, and My Search for the Truth. Jack Goldsmith is the Henry Shattuck Professor of Law at the Harvard Law School. And, and this has relevance to the story you're about to hear, from October of 2003 until June of 2004, you might recall that he was the Assistant Attorney General in the Office of Legal Counsel, the OLC. He is the stepson of Charles Lenton O'Brien, a.k.a. Chucky O'Brien, to whom the book is dedicated. Jack, welcome. I'm I'm so grateful that you're here.
1: I'm grateful that you have me on.
0: So the book is really two stories in one, right? It's this unique family tale and an investigation into a unique chapter of modern American history all in one.
1: Uh, That's what I tried to do. It's a story about my relationship with Chucky O'Brien, who was Hoffa's right-hand man and the leading suspect in his disappearance, and my relationship with Chucky over the course of my life. And my relationship changed quite a lot at various times. And it's also an examination into the Hoffa disappearance, which has been basically filled with misinformation in the public mind for 45 years now.
0: In your OLC role, you were the senior legal advisor to the attorney general of the United States, also to the president, this during the debate over the warrantless surveillance program called Stellar Wind. Fair to say that you became a champion of sorts for those who were worried about government overreach?
1: I don't know about if I was a champion. I was certainly worried about government overreach, and I did my best to put that program on a better foundation, better legal foundation, yes.
0: In your your OLC capacity, and you tell this story early on in the book, you're doing legal research and you stumble upon a pair of citations that cut close to home. What am I referring to?
1: I was working late one night in the Justice Department on this, uh, the warrantless wiretapping program that was very controversial outside the government when it uh, leaked. And I was trying to put it on a better foundation. It was an anxious time in the government. It was anxious for me to be trying to change this program. And I stumbled across a citation to a case involving Jimmy Hoffa and then another citation involving my stepfather. And this was, surprising and even alarming to me for a lot of reasons. One, I didn't know. My stepfather had told me that he had been illegally surveilled in the 60s and that there was a Supreme Court case about him, but frankly, I didn't believe it. And it turned out that he was subject to illegal surveillance in the early 1960s and that there was a case about that in which he won in the Supreme Court. And it also turned out that the things he told me about Justice Department corner-cutting back then we were hitting home when I was in the Justice Department in 2004.
0: Chucky O'Brien was your stepfather. He was your third father. He's the one who raised you. You tell us in the book he was a great dad. In fact, I think you say he was your best dad.
1: He was by far my best dad, and he was objectively a great dad. And amazingly, he was a great dad during the period in which he was the leading suspect in the Hoffa disappearance, and he was dealing with all of really the maelstrom of that investigation he married my mom six weeks before hoffa disappeared i was 12 years old and it was during my teenage years when he was having the, the at the height of his difficulties with the government that he really gave me the love and affection and stability that uh you know i think launched me on to what i did in the rest of my life but it was it was really an amazing time
0: nevertheless you renounced him while in law school due to your apprehension about the impact that might have on your career?
1: I did over the course of my time in college and especially in law school. I started to distance myself from Chucky for a lot of reasons. I started to it turned out that uh, the, that the, the mobsters that I knew and was close to as a teenager really were mobsters. It turned out that Chucky did have a criminal past. I learned all of these things when I left home. And as you say, I started to worry about the impact uh, that he would have on my career. I was being selfish, and uh, so basically, for that, that cluster of reasons, I shoved him out of my life.
0: You changed your name to Jack O'Brien uh, when was, he adopted you, then changed it, then yeah. changed it back right. to Jack Goldsmith, which with which you were born when you were worried about the impact.
1: That's right. I. The week after I graduated from college, I changed my name back to my birth name, which was Goldsmith. Yes.
0: So, Jack, there is this, and I hope you don't mind this, but it's, it's so poignant. There is this remarkable exchange of letters. Page 27, if you have a copy of the book handy. Do you mind reading aloud to my audience the letter that you wrote to Chucky?
1: Do you want me to read the whole letter?
0: Uh, yeah, it's not that long. And then I've got a paragraph okay. that I circled from his response.
1: Great. So this is a letter that I wrote to him on June 14, 1984. It was Father's Day. It was just after I told him, uh, he he and I had been very close, and just after I told him that I was going to change my name from O'Brien to Goldsmith, here's what the letter said. Dear Dad, this letter is your Father's Day card. Dad, I know you are probably upset and hurt because I'm changing my name, but please, please don't let it affect our relationship. I'm not changing my name out of any allegiance to the goldsmiths, nor am I playing games and trying to get money. There are different burdens that go with both names, and if I'm going to carry the burden of a name, I want it to be the one I was born with. What you must understand and believe is that I love you very much. This whole business changes nothing. More than anyone in the world, you have helped Mom, Brett, Stephen, and myself. Without you, we never could have made it. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. The love you have shown us all is more genuine and more selfless than our true relatives. I want you to know that despite my name change, you are still my father, and I hope you still consider me your son. Dad, I love you very much, and I hope my name change doesn't affect your love for me or make you resent me. In three months, it won't make any difference. I love you truly. You're the only father I ever had. Have a great Father's Day. Love, your son, Jack.
0: He writes back and in part says, Jack, if I live a 100 years, I will never be able to understand your reason for changing your name. I love you with all my heart, and you will always be my son, your dad, Chuck.
1: Yes, that's part of a very long letter. Yeah. It's kind of devastating. Uh, It's more devastating now than when I read it as a 21-year-old.
0: I can't imagine. I, can't, I, I mean, it was painful for me to, to, to read it. And, and by the way, we're not giving it all away for free. This is, this is Jack Goldsmith. He's written an unbelievable book called In Hoffa's Shadow, A Stepfather, A Disappearance in Detroit, and My Search for the Truth. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Jack Goldsmith. He's written an unbelievable book called In Hoffa's Shadow, A Stepfather, A Disappearance in Detroit and My Search for the Truth. Hey, you were certainly right that that this was going to come up as you progressed in your government career time and again. When your background was searched, you had to explain this.
1: Yes, in truth, when I distanced myself from Chucky, I didn't really have well-formed ambitions to work in the government. But I did have a sense that it would be good for my career or better for my career to separate myself from him, and it turned out very much to be the case, especially as I got ever more elevated security clearances for different jobs in the government. At every point, this was a sticking point, and um, especially the first time I had to get a clearance and it was only because I did what I did, basically tossing him under the bus, that I was able to get these clearances and to advance my career, which, which was ironic in many ways, but that's definitely the way it worked.
0: And, and here was the kicker for me. At the pinnacle of your extraordinary government career, your views on government surveillance end up sounding a lot like that which he had shared with you when he was long suspected of driving Jimmy Hoffa to his death.
1: That's a fair summary. I will say that, you know, I never expected to be in the middle of a uh, serious possibility of illegal government surveillance on a large scale. And I have to say, sitting in the Justice Department, that I, and I only reached that pinnacle because I renounced him. And it was there that I realized, and especially after I saw that citation, it brought it home. I realized that a lot of what he told me as a young man and I, I had dismissed. As you know, the musings of someone who didn't understand the law or was acting in a self-serving way, it turned out to have a huge kernel of truth.
0: Is it a stretch to say that your stepfather was depicted on the big screen by Robert Duvall, Paul Newman and Danny DeVito?
1: Not only is that a stretch, that's completely accurate. He was Mario Puzo based uh, Tom Hagen's character on Chucky. That was the Robert Duvall character. Paul Newman's character in um, what was uh, what was the name of that film, um, Absence of Malice. Love that movie. Directly on, yeah, it was a great movie, and it was based on Chucky. I spoke to the writer in the movie, and he told me it was based on Chucky. And then Danny DeVito was a composite character, but uh, he was based primarily on Chucky in the Hoffa movie that involved Jack Nichols.
0: What's the short version of why the government for many, many years believed that your stepfather drove Jimmy Hoffa to those who killed him?
1: There, were, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence that pointed towards Chucky being in the vicinity, driving a car in the vicinity of the disappearance. He had recently had a falling out with Hoffa. There was evidence in the car that suggested Hoffa may be there. There was a lot of circumstantial evidence that pointed towards him.
0: You spend a lot of time in the book. I mean he, he always said he always said that he, Chucky, he had nothing to do with it. You make a very convincing argument that on that he's been telling the truth.
1: I do believe that he's been telling the truth. I go through – the book is not only about this, but part of the book is explaining really the details of what actually happened in the background of the Hoffa disappearance and a lot of information about that's not known in the public about the disappearance. But most importantly, what I set out to do in the book was to clear Chucky from this charge, and I believe I do so successfully. Everyone who's read the book – I mean you can tell me what you think if you've read it – that that he that I do a successful job, primarily the clinching piece of evidence, and I provide a lot of evidence is that the Federal Bureau of Investigation for 20 years has not believed that he was involved. They have, they, they hid the circumstantial case against him, fell apart. They developed evidence to think that someone else did it. So I do think that the main aim I set out for in the book, to clear Chucky out of this charge, I think I succeeded in that.
0: Despite your valiant efforts, you were never able to get them to publicly give him a clean bill of health. And by the way, the least surprise seems to have been Chucky.
1: <laughs> That's true. The government invited him to Detroit. They promised if he told the truth in an interview that they would give him a letter of exoneration stating that which they believed, which he was not a target or subject to the investigation, and they did not believe he was involved in the investigation. At a very advanced age, he did everything they asked. They said that they believed him, that he spoke the truth, and then they pulled out the rug from underneath reason. They just never came through even though they promised the letter. And I was absolutely more furious than I've ever been in my life. But you're right. Chucky wasn't surprised. He said that he's been getting screwed by the government for 45, 50 years. He's not surprised.
0: So if if we accept that that Chucky, your stepfather, did not participate in the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, the question then becomes, well, does he know what happened? Uh, He maintains that he knows why, not necessarily how or by whom.
1: That's what he says, and I believe him. Um, uh, I I don't believe he told me everything he knows, but I also believe he doesn't know what happened that afternoon. I think if he knew that, he wouldn't be alive today. He certainly wouldn't have told me if he knew that, but I don't believe he knew that. Um, The government's developed a theory that they think they know who did it. I don't know what the basis for their evidence is, but um, it doesn't involve Chucky.
0: Well, I I mean, I know I'm I'm not going to give this part away because I want people to buy your book. But I I came away from the book with a very clear image of who was responsible, although not necessarily how they got it done. Is the current working FBI theory the same as that which I gleaned from your book?
1: Well, certainly, I I think I tell in concrete detail why it happened and who was responsible for organizing uh, the hit. As for the hit itself, I only have a paragraph on that in the book and what, what, the, what the FBI's current thinking on that is, and I didn't go into much detail on that. And the reason I didn't go into much detail – I described it in some, some detail, but I didn't tell everything I knew It's because I don't know what the basis for the FBI's conclusion is, and they've been saying false and misleading things about Chucky e. for 45 years, so I didn't want to perpetuate the same problem in my book.
0: Uh, a final subject, if I might. By the way, my guest is Jack Goldsmith. The book is In Hoffa's Shadow. If you get where you're going, it'll be in my Twitter feed with a link to the Amazon account. So I tried a case, Jack, years ago, by now 20 years ago, with a, a Delaware-based attorney uh, who's a real gentleman, despite the fact that we were on opposite sides of the fence Years later, he came to me and he said, uh, I know you've got this radio show. I'm publishing a book. I'd love to come on the air and talk to you about it. And frankly, I put him on the air under what we jokingly refer to as the Friends and Family Program. I don't know if you know where this is headed yet. That interview was 10 I years ago. Okay, well, that that interview was 10 years ago. I've dusted it off from the archives. And the author of that book was Charlie Brand. And, of course, you know, here's Martin Scorsese uh with this three and a half hour magnum magnum opus that everybody is, is saying is sensational i know you're not buying that you're not buying the conclusion uh of the uh the irishman
1: not at all i'm sure that the movie is great because he's a great movie maker and the reviews have been extraordinary but the movie is premised on a confession by frank Sheeran that i'm completely confident is baloney um for a whole bunch of reasons that I explained in a New Yorker Books article, but basically there's zero evidence to support it. A lot of evidence, or a lot of reason to think it never happened. And there's so many false things that Sharon told in connection with his involvement in the disappearance and other items that he's a completely incredible figure. And finally, I, I spoke to on the record to FBI agents over 40 years who know more about the case than anyone, and they think Sharon's confession is is laughable. But this... that said, it's going to be a Scorsese movie and become conventional wisdom. That's for sure.
0: Listen, uh, this whole thing reminds me of the situation in Ukraine, where you've got all of these very shady characters, and like, who the hell knows who's telling the truth?
1: <laughs> well, I-, I-, I don't know who's telling the truth on a lot of things in, in public affairs, but on this point, I'm confident. I'm confident that, that Sharon was not telling the truth.
0: I would A final thought, and thank you for being so gracious with your time. I would love to have been at the Harvard Law School in the fall of 2012 when you brought Chucky to class, and oddly enough, it was not the first time that he was there.
1: That's right. Uh, it was a great event. I was teaching a seminar uh, on labor history, and part of the seminar was about the Teamsters and labor corruption, and Chucky, I thought, would be a great guest, and he was, and he showed up. and. He certainly is not educated and he doesn't have legal education, but he gave a great performance and told the kids about the reality of how unions operate and what they've become. And as he was walking in, he said, it's great to be back to Harvard, (laughs) as if he had been there before. And the kids all laughed. But in fact, he had brought uh, Jimmy Hoffa to Harvard exactly 50 years earlier for a talk.
0: How great is that? Uh, It's hysterical. It it
1: It was a good event
0: listen well done man this was a pleasure for me a real real pleasure i'm very very
1: grateful for your no i
0: love the book my audience knows i wouldn't say and i wouldn't spend so much time if i didn't it was really terrific so congrats
1: i'm so grateful thank you so much sir
0: that's jack goldsmith in Hoffa's shadow a stepfather a disappearance in detroit and my search for the truth an amazing book Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live
1: weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app.
0: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish.
1: New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.